Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Zen Financial Podcast. In this episode, Rob and I will lead another market outlook. But first, let's take a closer look at two of the investors' most common questions. Question number one: How long does it typically take to recover from bear market losses? Typical market recover bear market is normally take up nineteen months, but depend on how this bear market is. We have two type of bear market. One is a deep bear market, which is down more than twenty five percent, and so bear market definition is twenty percent, right? So once over twenty five percent, and consider very, uh, it's a Deep bear market. Another one called shallow market, which the market drop less than twenty five percent. So this time is a more shallow market. And if you look at it, the market down twenty three percent, so less than twenty five percent. Normally for shallow bear market, which is less than twenty five percent, the market recover very quickly and on average less than seven months. But if you have a severe bear market and、uh, which down more than twenty five percent. On average, recovery time will be 27 months. So this time, market recover pretty quick so far, and we do hope will be total recover less than one year. Question number two: Are valuation low enough to help stocks find the floor? So based on the SP 500 price to earning ratio (PE) currently is 15.5. Which is pretty aligned with the 30 years average. It's just actually a little slightly below the 30 years average. But we do have a good news.、Uh, SP 600, which is small cap, and is 11 to times to 12 times EPS earning price per share. So we think the market relatively、uh, certain sectors is very reasonable price. This gives us confidence is. Uh, hoping in the near future the、uh, international market will recover as well. Small cap will doing well、uh, compared with large cap. In Zen Financial, we always believe、uh, long term small cap will do better than large cap, and value will do better than growth. So far this year, proved value doing far better than growth. Okay, and small cap will gradually catch up as well. Hello, happy Monday again. This is Rob McDougall, investment strategist from Zeng Financial, here with your weekly economic update on August fifteenth. As we've been doing, we're going to review some of the economic data that we saw last week. We're going to take a look at how the fixed income and equity markets responded to that data.、We're、going to take a look at the economic data points that are expected to be released this week. And then we're going to spend a few moments talking about S and P second quarter earnings. So, in terms of the economic data that was released last week, it was very good news、uh, for the economy. Two particular indicators on inflation, one on consumer confidence. So, to begin with, on Wednesday last week, the CPI came out, and as you probably heard, there is zero point zero. Percent inflation, at least month over month. Year over year, it's still running at 8.5 percent, but that zero percent month over month, very powerful in terms of the trending.、Uh, took again the aggregate number year over year down to 8.5 percent. 
that 0.0 that uh, we had for the month of July was much better than forecasted at 0.3% and much better than the prior month, which was a positive 1.3%. So a very good trend, start of a trend there, we believe. Uh, the next day on Thursday, we got the PPI, the Produce Pri Producer Price Index, which also came in better than expected. Expectations was month over month, it was going to be a positive 0.3%. It came in at a negative 0.5%. And the last item uh, of significance last week was the U.S. Uh, consumer confidence, or I should say consumer sentiment number from the University of Michigan, which was also better than expected. So we'll start off first. Jobless claims last week, a little higher. This seems to keep edging up. Last week was 262,000. The week before was revised down to 248. But the 262 now sets a high watermark for the year. And if you look at the trending uh, since early June, it's certainly been up incrementally small each month or small each week, but certainly it keeps increasing. So something to pay attention to. In terms of the CPI, as I mentioned, it dropped from 9.1% uh, on an annualized basis the month before. July dropped down to 8.5%. The big driver, as we talked about last week, energy cost. So energy, uh, in terms of the CPI basket, dropped 4.5% month over month for the month of July. Uh, so that is 9.2% of the index, energy is was up 33% year, year over year. So the total basket was up 8.5%. So energy represented uh, about 36% of that CPI increase year over year. So again, we have been saying that energy is more than likely a larger cause of inflation in the US than excess demand. So I think this is really good news. In terms of the producer price index, just very quickly, it was the first down indicator that we've had in the last year. Again, down 0.5% month over month. That is uh, That will flow through into inflation, hopefully in the coming months, that decrease in input cost. Consumer sentiment. Uh, two months ago was the worst we've ever had. The University of Michigan has been doing this survey since 1952. So the June number was the worst. It came in at 50. It inched up in July to 51.5. And again, very nice reading here in the month of August, 55.1. So not anywhere near where we were just six months ago, but that's two months of trending back up off the bottom. So that's all good. So in terms of what happened in the markets last week, responded very positively to it, particularly the equity markets and domestic equity markets. The Russell 2000 small cap index up 5% last week. Uh, all the U.S. indicators for uh, equities were up last week, but the leaders last week, value 3.8 up 3.8% last week, growth up 2.8%. So that's good. Uh, small cap was up 4.4%, large cap up 3.1%. So good for our portfolios, small cap and value outperforming. On a year-to-date basis, same holds true. The value um, outperformance is pretty striking. Year-to-date value now is flat for the year, almost virtually flat. Growth is still down 21.3%. In terms of small versus large, not nearly the same variance but small cap down 8.9%, large cap 
down nearly 11% for the year. Uh, world markets outside of the U.S. were up last week, with the exception of China, which has largely been the case for the last two years. Fixed income down a little bit, but not much to talk about. So uh, market response to economic data, very positive last week. This week, the economic calendar, much uh, less populated from last week, nothing that significant. I would say probably or potentially the, the most uh, market moving will be retail sales that comes out on Wednesday. So retail sales uh, for the month of June were up 1%. The expectation is they'll only be up 0.1%. So almost flat which seems to correspond nicely with the GDP that was down nearly a percent in the second quarter. So I think expectations there are set appropriately. Uh, Last thing, S&P earnings. So S&P earnings for the second quarter uh, in aggregate were pretty good, slightly disappointing given the GDP downfalls for for both the first and the second quarter. I guess not that surprising. But under the covers, a little more disappointing in that what really drove earnings in the second quarter for the S&P, energy. So if you take a look, S&P earnings in the second quarter were up 6.7%. If you take the energy names out of it, it drops to a negative 3.7%. It's really important because energy is only four, roughly 4% of the S&P 500. So uh, for the S&P 500 to hit the earnings target, the consensus estimates for the rest of the year That means other areas are going to have to turn around and turn around pretty quickly. So um, the areas that did very poorly in the second quarter, financials, consumer discretionary, and communication services, all three were down more than 13% year over year. They represent far larger segments of the S&P 500. So again, for the S&P 500 to hit the consensus expectations of positive plus or positive 8.9% for the year, we're going to have to see some contribution from those three sectors. Uh, Again, we take time to take a look at the economic data points and the impact on the markets, but it doesn't improve our ability to time the market, so we never try. So we again just stress the fact that you need to remain disciplined, diversified, and balanced in your approach. As always, thank you, Rob. That was great information. That's it for this episode of the Weekly Market Outlook. If you have any other questions that you would like to be answered on an upcoming episode, please email them to podcast at zenfinancial.com. We'll see you next week.